If patience is a virtue, what's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast? A podcast the Navy has refloated more than once. He tried to set ants on fire with a magnifying glass last night. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. It is another thrill-packed, exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And it is coming to you from warm, sunny Cave Creek, Arizona. Uh, You might hear later on that I'm up in the mountains, but for now, I'm down in the flatlands of Cave Creek where the breathing is easier, the nosebleeds are fewer or infrequent, more infrequent, and uh, I am just all kinds of happy to be here. It is uh, the this time of the uh, episode when I often tell you why we're here, and we're here because some people are approaching Medicare, and they're trepidatious about it. They're a little afraid of making a mistake. They're concerned about uh, doing the right thing, and uh, they don't really know what to do in some cases, so that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help people feel comfortable about that change, and it is endemic on you if you are uh, of any sort of uh, cerebral uh, approach at all to buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022. And uh, that way you will have in your hands the finest repository of Medicare knowledge that exists in the United States today. There is one book that has more knowledge, but it's a 400-page behemoth of facts, figures, and um, hard-to-read legalese. And I wouldn't even suggest that you buy that book. I buy it because it's a good reference book, and that is Medicare for Dummies. It's not a book that one would sit down and read from cover to cover with a cocktail next to them. However, my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022, is exactly that. It's a light, entertaining read that draws a picture of Medicare and then fills it in with bright colors from your Crayola box. And uh, eventually, when you've closed the cover on that book, you will feel as though you've become a Medicare expert. And uh, you will have more expertise in that area than almost anybody else in the United States does. A very small percentage of people can call themselves Medicare experts. And I am one, and you can become one too by reading Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022. Now, I am flummoxed today because Randy tells me we're crossing a huge milestone, but he has uh, kept it under the under his hat. So I want to find out what Randy's uh, all excited about today. Randy, join us, will you please? I am really excited. Yes, sir. You know why? I have a I have a guess, but you, I you have a sneaking suspicion. I do, but, but yes. I'd like to hear you say it. I, I'm always very excited by monumental milestones, uh, and today is episode number four frickin' hundred. Oh, geez, I never thought we'd get this far. I thought 400 was like a pipe dream, pie in the sky, unobtainable, made out of unobtainium. 
but here we are. I, I like that. <laughs> Unobtainium. I love that. That's a good one. I've never heard that one. Well, congratulations, Randy, on helping me limp through 400. You're actually making me sound so much better than I otherwise would if I were thoroughly or if I were solely in charge of all this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. You have uh, my hat is off to you, Mr. Jones. You have you have stood the test of time. And the the one thing I've always wanted to I haven't done it recently. Uh-huh. But the one thing I've always wanted to do is go back. You know, go back in time, you know, like in the what what was that? What was the the way back machine? Yes. Yes. The way back machine. I want to go in the way back machine and see what some of our like our first 10 episodes sounded like. Well, first of all, that was Sherman and Mr. Peabody that uh, got in the way back machine every episode. Secondly, I believe it's really easy for anyone to do that. All you have to do is go to your favorite uh, podcast host or podcast um home or what do you call a podcast uh, a place with uh, podcasts in it pod, podcast aggregator okay is, there you go is, yeah i knew you'd have a better term than i was coming up with and you can go yes. all the way back to episode yeah. number one yep you can and you know at some level I may be too scared to go listen to episode number one, but I- <laughs> well, my recollection is, uh, is that we were just asking each other, okay, is this, does this sound good? And should I turn this knob more? And that's the episode number one. Thanks for coming, ladies and gentlemen. I think it took us a while to shake out the, uh, bugs. Oh, we, yes, it did. And I, I don't know how long it took us, but we certainly had some wrinkles initially, but, uh, we, we started out, not knowing a damn thing. And uh, we learned the business quite well, I think. Uh, It took a while, but I think we're doing okay now. I think so, too. And frankly, I am happy to have the audience uh, returning regularly and growing um, at a uh, snail's pace, but still growing. And that's the right direction to go in. Every once in a while, we get a big spike, like somebody discovered us and downloaded every uh, prior episode of the podcast. But uh, in any event, I am drawing, I think I'm drawing to a close, uh, a uh, an ongoing story arc that we've been engaged in for quite some time for the new audience members that have shown up today for the first time. Uh, my wife had knee replacement surgery, and she was given a book at her surgeon's office that was uh, in uh, showing her basically uh, what was going to happen and how she should prepare, what the surgery itself would be like, and then what the recovery process would be like. And uh, I, when she showed me the book, she said, there, there's some really silly stuff in here and some simple grammatical errors and some things that uh, uh, you probably would not change, but maybe you can get some mileage out of it on your podcast. Well, that same day, I got a telephone call from my dentist, who has been my client for quite a few years now. He retired and um, uh, went on to Medicare, and I uh, helped him and his wife get the Medicare coverages they need because that's what I do for a living is help people get the Medicare supplement that will help them uh, help protect them against uh, big-time medical expenses. And he called me, and he said he was about ready to go in for a hip replacement. And I think he was asking me if he had to worry about what what medical practice he was allowed to use. And I said, no, sir, I don't sell any products with a uh, 
uh, a restriction on what doctor or hospital you want to use. You pick out the surgeon of your choice, and if they, uh, as long as they take Medicare, which is like ninety four percent of all doctors in the United States, as long as they accept Medicare, your Medicare supplement will be equally good good as gold in their office. So then I thought to myself, I wonder how many of the audience members are looking at joint replacement surgery. So it turns out that this book has been a fairly lengthy string of uh, episodes. I believe we're doing episode number seven today, and it's the FAQs that appear at the end of the book. So let me dig in here and see if we have some interesting questions. And Randy, if you have any questions, just uh, wave your hand in front of the screen and I will call on you. Uh, so, <laughs> for, uh, two thumbs up from Randy. So, the first uh, FAQ is, what if my leg swells after surgery? It says it's very common to experience swelling after surgery, and that's no lie. Uh, this is knee number two for Mrs. Jones, and she has uh, experienced swelling in each of her knees. And she told me today, after having talked to uh, our daughter, which she does uh, fairly frequently, that... Um, my daughter seems to think that my mother, who was Miss Oklahoma for a very short time, and, oh, no, no, excuse me, Mary's mother. Mary's mother was not Miss Oklahoma. That was my mother. But Mary's mother and Mary and our daughter, uh, according to our daughter, who is very observant, all three of them have ugly knees. Now, I never noticed that, but apparently there's some sort of hereditary thing going on in the ladies descended through my wife. So her knee is not to her liking, but it is less swollen than it used to be. So the answer to this question is it's very common to experience swelling after surgery. Sometimes it will not swell until several days after surgery. Remember that your body is healing from the surgery and some swelling is normal. The more activities and physical therapy performed uh, the more swelling you may experience. Despite the swelling, we do want you to remain active and participate in physical therapy. However, when sitting and resting, you can decrease the swelling by elevating your surgical leg and by using ice or a cooling ice machine. Ice the knee for 30 minutes at a time. You may ice the knee approximately every two hours if desired. It's important to elevate your leg with the knee above the level of your heart approximately four to five times a day for 15 to 30 minutes each time to help reduce the swelling. Here's the next question. We, I, so I think they're using their pronouns here. My pronouns are we and I. We, I have bruising after surgery. Yes, you will have some degree of bruising after surgery. Keep in mind that everyone is different. Some will experience redness around only the incision. Others will have bruising down the entire leg. Both are considered normal and will be re both are considered normal and will resolve after a few weeks, but they won't resolve. They'll be resolved after a few weeks. Next question is how much weight can I put my uh, put through my leg after surgery? You may place as much weight as you can, uh, as much weight as you can tolerate on your surgical leg immediately after surgery. The term is weight bear as tolerated. That's a medical term, apparently. Weight bear as tolerated. Your physical therapist will instruct you on how to use your walking aids. Next question, is it normal to hear clicking in my knee after surgery? This is a big complaint in the Jones house. The knee that was done two and a half years ago clicks. 
She, uh, the answer is you may hear clicking in the knee after surgery, and that is normal. It is usually more noticeable after surgery when you have swelling. As the swelling decreases, the clicking may become less noticeable. The clicking is the result of plastic pieces of the knee replacement contacting the metal portion of the implant. The next question is, will I be able to kneel after surgery? And the answer is, you will be able to kneel after surgery, although it will not damage the prosthesis to kneel. Many patients find it mildly uncomfortable to do so. We always recommend wearing knee pads or placing a cushion under your knees to help alleviate the discomfort. What should I expect my activity level to be? Every patient is different with respect to activity. The first week, you should rest as much as possible. In the second week, you should begin increasing your activity level and let your pain level and swelling be your guide. You will make 80% of your recovery in the first six weeks and the remaining 20% will come uh, between six and nine weeks or six and nine months, excuse me. Uh, so at some point, most patients overdo it with activities and therefore take a few steps back in their recovery. You may have increased swelling or discomfort if this happens. You need to become concerned only if you cannot control your pain with rest and pain medication or if you're unable to weight bear on your surgical leg. Next question, why am I having sleeping problems? Make sure that your pain is well controlled throughout the day. During the day, be careful about taking naps. Try to plan activities as near normal as possible. If you cannot sleep due to pain, please medicate appropriately. This issue usually resolves. They should have said this problem is usually resolved within the first couple of weeks. You can also consider using sleep aids and medications. I got to tell you, sleep is still a big problem around the Jones house. It's been two and a half uh, weeks since the uh, surgery, and sleep is not something that has been uh, accomplished yet. In what positions can I sleep? You may sleep in any position you're comfortable in. You should not place pillows beneath the knee. Pillows should be placed beneath the calf or ankle, allowing the knee to straighten. When can I shower or bathe? You may shower as early as 24 hours after surgery. After surgery, you will have a water-resistant dressing in place for up to seven days. However, to ensure that your incision heals properly, we do not want you to submerge the wound in water. This includes baths, tubs, pools, jacuzzi. You must not submerge the wound for approximately three to four weeks. Can I use hot whirlpool, sauna, or steam room? And the answer is not initially. We ask our patients not to submerge their wounds in water. I think we just said that. We don't need to repeat it, beat it to death. Thereafter, patients can engage in activities such as pools, hot tubs, steam rooms, saunas, jacuzzis, and whirlpools. That's uh, four weeks. you got to keep that thing from being submerged for four weeks. Oh, boy, this is – I know Randy was interested in this subject, so <sighs> – I guess we can't avoid it. If I skip it, he's going to be upset. What should I do to avoid constipation? It is recommended that you start a stool softener two days prior to surgery and continue them. Oh, Randy's got a question. Yes, sir. How can I help you? 
Well, you're not supposed to drive a car, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you did notice a peculiar juxtaposition between <laughs> driving and constipation. And the the, the uh, common factor in that was um, the uh, oxycodone, I believe. You know, the, Yes, absolutely. I just thought I would point that out, that, you know, if you're having that issue, don't drive a car. They're well, very closely related in this book. I don't know why, <laughs> but they are. Thanks for reminding us about that. So it's recommended that you start a stool softener two days prior to surgery and continue them twice daily until you have normal bowel movements or while taking narcotic pain medications. If you are traveling from out of town, that's kind of like riding in a car, wouldn't you think? Start a stool softener once you get to the Phoenix area. Stop the stool softener if you start to experience loose or watery stools. If you develop constipation despite stool softener use, you may take laxatives such as milk of magnesia, Miralax, or magnesium citrate. You may also try dual-colex suppositories I don't, uh, or enemas as a last effort. All of these medications can be purchased over-the-counter at a pharmacy. When can I restart the meds I was told to stop prior to surgery? Usually, all home medications can be continued upon discharge from the hospital or the facility. Check your discharge instructions for further details. Okay, here. Um, how long after my knee replacement can I schedule appointments such as dental cleanings or other surgeries? Do not schedule any dental procedure, including teeth cleaning, colonoscopies, or bronchoscopy geniturinary instrumentation, vaginal examinations, or gynecological surgeries between three weeks before and three months after knee surgery. So don't do any of that fun stuff for three months after your knee surgery. Who will give me the antibiotics that I need before dental procedures and cleanings? It is recommended that your dentist provide you with antibiotics for dental prophylaxis. If your dentist is unwilling to provide the antibiotic, please contact our office to obtain it from your surgical team. You will receive either amoxicillin or clindamycin, and the dosage is four tablets 30 to 60 minutes prior to the procedure. For how long do I need to take antibiotics before dental procedures? The surgeons at our practice would prefer that this be a lifelong precaution. However, patients should take antibiotics before dental procedures for a minimum of two years after their knee replacement. When should I call my surgical team? For fever greater than 101.5 consistently for, greater, for longer than 24 hours. I could go through this book with a red pencil, ladies and gentlemen, and fix a few things and it would flow so much better. You should also call your surgical team if there is increased drainage or if there is increased swelling uh, beyond what is normal in the post-operative period, pain not controlled by pain medication, inability to weight bear on the operative leg, severe insomnia not improved by pain or sleeping meds, swelling in the calf or thigh, uh, or the leg that is a, uh, or leg that is accompanied by coolness, or decreased sensation in the foot, or if you have confusion or disorientation, that you should call your surgical team if you have any of that stuff. And finally, the last page in the book, hospital patients, although most of our patients will qualify for outpatient total knee replacement, uh, at this practice, some patients will need to have their surgery performed at one of the local hospitals. 
Common reasons for this would include the following, the patient's health. Some patients have health conditions that place them at a higher risk category around the time of surgery. For this reason, it is preferred to perform their surgeries in the hospital just in case they need medical support after surgery. Insurance coverage or contracts require that surgery be performed at a hospital location or patient preference. If your surgery is scheduled at the hospital, do not be alarmed. This practice has a great working relationship with the highest quality orthopedic hospitals in the greater Phoenix area. If your surgery has to be performed in the hospital setting, you can expect a few small deviations in what to expect the day of and the day after surgery. For this reason, we have included this section to specifically address and reflect those subtle differences in expectations following your knee replacement surgery. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I did not copy those pages of the book because the spousal unit had her surgery at the at the uh, doctor's uh, surgical suite, which is like a, a small big box store where they do nothing but surgery. And uh, they got a front door where the gimps stumble in. And they've got a back door where the recently operated on are carted out. When I say carted out, that's a little excessive. Um, my wife came out. I parked the car next to the door. And she came out in a wheelchair and was given her walker and helped by the nurse to walk to the car. And that was probably two to three hours after the surgery was finished. So, uh she was walking around on the uh, first day after surgery, on the first day of surgery. Uh, and uh, I think that's the overriding thing to take away from this. The surgery is, um, sure, it sounds horrible, and it probably is horrible to the untrained uh, uh, eye, to the um, uh, to the person who is not hanging around doctors and <laughs> uh, surgical rooms all the time. But uh, to the patient, it's a pain relief procedure that starts out uh, you know, being cut open. And then after a period of weeks, maybe a couple of months, all of a sudden you say, hey, you know, I'm kind of glad I did this. It's uh, uh, causing the pain that I had to be much uh, reduced. And frankly, I think I'm getting better and better all the time. So I think this whole surgical joint replacement thing is uh, a panacea, not a panacea, a, a wonderful thing that modern medicine has given us, like a gift. And uh, so uh, as I gloated a couple of episodes ago, we are going to have a series on rotator cuff surgery. So I'm looking forward to that. Randy, how about you? How are your rotator cuffs doing? Fortunately, they're still working. I mean, I, there's been a number of things during my life, like, for example, getting run over by a horse that Ugh. I I thought I was going to have to have rotator cuff surgery, but I didn't. Good. I can still scratch my nose and comb my hair, but it was quite a while. <laughs> can, can you do those things at the same time? Yes, I can. Oh, good. Well, yes, I can. Yeah, then you won't be as interested in the rotator cuff surgery as maybe some of our other audience members are, but I'm looking for a whole ser series of rotator cuff. We're going to dive into rotator cuff surgery deeper than anybody ever thought we could. So that's coming up Absol at some point. Absolutely. So we're, so we are now at concluded. We are at the conclusion of the knee replacement chronicles. Yeah, we're on the downhill slide. The knee is uh, improving regularly, and uh, pretty soon we won't even, it'll be just a memory in the rearview mirror. Good. Well, I'm glad to know that because it sounds like it all went well for uh, 
Mary, and I'm glad to hear it. So anyway, yep. we need to go ahead and close up shop today. We are out of time. The crickets have chirped, so we need to uh, wrap things up. You've already talked about the books, the audio, the Kindle, all that stuff. We've really, really kind of covered it pretty well, Doug. But we need to talk about one thing. Oh, Thank boy, you what's for that? joining us. Ah. Thank you all for joining us. You could have been a hundred different places, but you weren't. You were with us listening to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Actually, you've just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance guy from Oklahoma, but now residing in Cave Creek up in the high altitude mountains behind the city. And today we are residing at 14,131 feet. Episode 400. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen.